Welcome to All of the Above. My name is Trevor. I am your esteemed host, and I'm uh, very privileged to be here alongside my co-pastor, friend, colleague, discipleship guru, uh, Aaron Markham, Aaron Douglas Markham, the first. Um, Aaron, what are your favorite chicken tenders? <laughs> what are my favorite chicken tenders? That is a great question. I, um, oh man, I think my favorite chicken tenders are Raising Cane's. Uh, the closest one is in Clemson, which you're never allowed to go to. Right. You can't even like don't even think about the zip code. Can't yep. even like think about the name. Um, Casey and I will go. Um, Casey's family um, is in Charleston um, regularly, so we see them there, and so we go to Raising Cane's whenever we're there. In Greenville, um, Pete, or you know, kind of Greenville Greer area. Uh, we were actually talking about Iris Chicken yesterday. Oh boy, rest in peace. Rest man. in peace. Really wanting Warren Payton if he ever listens to this, bring it back. Um, we we miss it. Um, but PDQ is probably my favorite, and Zaxby's right alongside it. I used to. I, I was talking to Drew Ferguson, one of our members recently, of loving PDQ, loving Zaxby's, and used to really love Chick Fil A, and still think it's fine but it's very plain and very bland but back in middle school when they had smaller chicken tenders they were way tastier hmm. and i used to eat like 12 i would get two six packs of chicken tenders hmm. when i was you know growing through my going through my growth spurt um and heavily enjoyed it but the honey barbecue sauce at pdq is my favorite sauce hmm. that's Dude, I'm going to Charleston in a couple of weeks, and I forgot that there's a Raising Cane's down there. So. They're all over the place, I think, oh, in Charleston, so hit it up. Man, all I can think about right now is just the, the bread yeah. with the tenders in slow motion being dipped in the sauce. Yeah, in that sauce. Nick is probably going to be mad at us when he listens to this. Nick is um, a big fan of Zaxby's way over Raising Cane's, and I, I don't quite understand, even though Zaxby's is a place I love. Yeah, I can, I can get on board with that. Sometimes that, well... Another podcast. Um, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and um, this is prompted by your recent um, teaching on Acts chapter two, verses one through thirteen. That's the, right. The arrival of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Um, you talked about the way that this was a kind of new epoch in history, and the way that it fulfilled uh, and even inverted several stories in the scriptures. Um, it's amazing how masterfully the biblical writers allude to and, and weave in other scriptural stories. And, and um, It blows my mind. Sometimes I, so not having come from kind of a literary background, don't yeah. know if I read a book in high school, had to start reading when I went to Furman just to like get through some classes. And then when the Lord saved me, I started to enjoy reading more and more. I'm sometimes like, were they really thinking all of that? That That feels like, you know, was all of that in his head when he's writing and creating and um, telling this beautiful, true, real-life story that's also then now put into words? And as much as I'm like, there's no way somebody is that creative, um, it's like it seems like, yes, the God of the universe, the Holy Spirit, empowering the writing of the scriptures. Yeah, he's pretty dang creative. Writing about himself, and then you know through Luke, and then Paul, and whoever else are writing. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah, and we were talking about Hamilton a moment ago. Franklin over here referenced uh, referenced Hamilton. <clears throat> one of the things that's great about musicals, and, and Hamilton's the only one I think I've ever seen um, and not been horrendously bored by. Um, Les Miser- whatever, is so 
awful. I have wanted to watch that movie for like five or six years, and then just Dude, every time it comes to a Friday night, been like, nah, it's six I, hours of Russell Crowe yelling it's not at tonight. you. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that not, it's not fun. Like, but um, like musicals, like they'll 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 have these, and even some albums will do this. They'll introduce these motifs earlier on, and then kind of like a snowball that picks up meaning and momentum. Those motifs are brought to mind again through just a phrase and then they 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 it it sometimes the phrase is inverted and it just it has more meaning and more emotional attachment with these characters and it's just a brilliant display of exactly what the scriptures do you have these events early on in the scriptures that are replayed and replayed and replayed and like a big snowball with momentum are you know they reappear in the new testament with all of this baggage behind it and we see how it's all fulfilled in christ anyway um, yeah, that's really helpful. The spirit falling at Pentecost is, is one example, um, but we we just want to ask, like, what does what does the Holy Spirit do? I mean, we're we are Southern Baptists, we're evangelicals, and you know the, this is sometimes uh, sometimes accused of not having the clearest picture of what the uh, what the Spirit is, does is about uh, how the, how the Scriptures speak of the Spirit. So, um, what does the Holy Spirit do here? Yeah, that's great. Enlighten us. In thinking about just a reference back to you. Kind of what does it do? The kind of redemption reversal inverse. We specifically thought this past Sunday about um, Babel, Genesis eleven, and then Leviticus twenty three with all these Jewish festivals. And and honestly, my mind was blown. You know, I feel like one reason I love teaching and getting the opportunity to preach is because I feel like I'm just learning and learning and learning. Uh, the more I get to be in the scriptures and just thinking about Easter weekend and all these Jewish festivals in Leviticus 23 and then Pentecost being the feast of weeks and what it's celebrating and what it's pointing to. And um, it's just super wild to, to think about, but specifically in thinking about what the Holy spirit does, I just want to list out maybe a variety of things and then Trevor allow you to kind of, you know, we can, we can go back in and, and push in it at certain places. So, just to rattle off because when we think about the spirit, a lot of times it's we're we're gonna think about maybe things we're gonna talk about hopefully in another podcast. Yeah. You know. Mind goes to tongues and yeah, healing. Charismatic kind yeah. of gifts. Um, that's the only thing the Holy Spirit does. And it's just mind blowing to think about all the things that the Holy Spirit does. So he exalts Jesus, empowers mission, enables worship of God, permanently fills believers, regenerates, literally brings new life to God's people indwells, sanctifies, comforts, teaches, guides, intercedes, unifies, bears fruit, gives gifts, incites worship. There's just so much there. There's probably so much more that we could even even list. And that is the Spirit's doing. Um, and so it's just kind of mind-blowing to think mm. about. One of the things that I think we often miss is that first item you listed that the spirit exalts Christ. Um, and I think this might be one area where, um, it's, uh, so I was just telling you guys uh, in studying for Acts chapter two, Peter's sermon, um, after the arrival of the spirit, there's this question, you know, what, what is, what is all of this about? And Peter takes that question and uses it as an occasion to ultimately reason from several different scriptures that Jesus is Lord. Um, and essentially what he's saying is that the arrival of the Spirit is an indication that Christ has been both resurrected and exalted to God's right hand so that he could send out his Spirit. And so the coming of the Spirit is intended to turn our eyes back to Christ, who is Lord. Um, and so the role of the Spirit is almost, I mean, 
is almost indirect. Um, the, the Spirit is about exalting Christ. The, fa- the Father sends Christ, um, puts the spotlight on Christ, and the Holy Spirit exalts Christ. I love that. And I love how we're, we'll be able to think kind of throughout Acts. We're kind of answering some of these, both they'll come in Acts and maybe they're in other places in the New Testament. But I love how we'll just kind of continually be able to answer. You know, I put three things in my sermon from this past Sunday about what the Spirit does, empowers mission, enables worship of God, permanently fills believers, or kind of the three things I landed on, didn't listen to any of these others. But we'll just be able to kind of continually fill out this question um, throughout our time, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, t- tell me more. I mean, wh- which of these these items, th- these are all, I can I can think of several specific passages that each of these are drawn from. Um, which of these, uh, uh, tell us more about the ones you've listed. I mean, are there, are there any that are especially... Um, helpful to you? Yeah. Um, in in many ways, just harking back to what we mentioned just a minute ago, I would argue that a lot of these are, I'm hesitant to say more important because it's kind of hard to know how to exactly measure that, but, but maybe more important or just as important as the charismatic gifts with, with tongues or whatever. The Holy Spirit is doing so much. The first one I, I think about, which I, I listed kind of lower on my list, but the Holy Spirit teaches us about God and about us. It was totally mind-blowing kind of the first time I I thought through this, that we would essentially know nothing without the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. We would be blind to what is true. We would not have the Holy Scriptures. The veil would be over our eyes. The scales would be covering our eyes. We would just know nothing about anything uh, without the Spirit of God kind of intervening, interceding, working to help us know. A passage, um, thinking about that, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God. No one can understand God except the Spirit of God. Mm. And so then the Spirit, our arguing for this past Sunday, is the Spirit of God now dwells in us. And so we are able to know God. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. I mean, it just is so helpful for me in thinking about the Spirit that I would have no idea what is true, no idea what is good. We'd have no level of morality in our world. There's a certain level of common grace that comes through the Spirit, um, that we have at least some semblance of order, that there's not total chaos all of the time. And obviously there's there's pain and there's evil and there's terrible things and, and, and all of the sort, but there's some level of truth and knowledge. Why do people... Um, you know, why, why is the mantra on the, you know, I was playing with this toy with, with uh, Samuel and Audrey the other day, and I was just clicking the button to make the thing sing or whatever. And it was like, be kind, be kind. It makes everybody happy to be kind, whatever. And it's like, why is that coming out of the toy and mm. not be mean, be mean, you know, it makes everybody feel good to be mean. Um, and a lot of times that is what people actually do, you know, kind of bullies or whatever. But there's a certain level of the spirit has come and, and shown and revealed that, that kindness is a thing that hmm. is something that people enjoy and, you know, kind of brings the warm and fuzzies, for lack of a kind of better term. But the only reason we know any of this, hmm. that love is a thing to pursue, that um, we can know anything about God through the through the scriptures, is is the Spirit. So that's one that, that very helpfully um, just encourages me. I don't know if you have any 
any thoughts there? Yeah, that's good. Um, or on any of the others? Yeah. Um, the, the one that's interesting to me is, I mean, I think about the first instance of the Spirit in the Old Testament or in the Scriptures is in Genesis when we're told that the the Spirit is, is hovering over the waters and the Spirit being present in creation and how there's a kind of pattern there, like the, the Spirit being present at creation and the spirit also being present at our own individual recreation, our new birth. So the spirit's present in the genesis of everything and the spirit's especially present in our own kind of personal regenesis. That's right. Um, and the, the kind of correspondence there. Yeah. Um, and I love how you said to me that the spirit is present kind of in creation and in recreation. Mm. He's, he's present all throughout that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think about, I think about the, the way that my, um, you know, we talked about the kingdom, a recent podcast, the, the way that I've learned to love the kingdom and learned to love the values of the kingdom. And I'm, I'm learning to love it more and to hope in it more and how it took the spirit giving me new life and the spirit giving me new taste buds, you might say, um, the spirit giving me the eyes to see that those things are beautiful and that those things are um, to be hoped mm. for and to be longed for. That hope and, and forgiveness and, and, and justice and freedom and, and um, all of these things are, are beautiful. I mean, that's a, that's a spirit gift, and he's, and he's teaching me to love those things mm. even more. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, making me new. Um, and, and anyway, go ahead. You better say something. No, I was, I was just thinking about another one that is helpful for me is, is the Holy Spirit sanctifies, is the one who grows us. So, you know, I want to, um, base level, get better at reading the scriptures or be more consistent at reading the scriptures or grow in um, the fruits of the Spirit. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are things that, yes, we can work at. Um, but in many ways, almost maybe hearkening back to our um, election kind of predestination podcast, there's there's an aspect of like work towards those things and then beg the Lord to give you those yeah. things. Like you're not just all of a sudden going to grow in patience um, today and be, be perfect or um, joy or anything of the sort. It's the Holy Spirit who works in our hearts, works through the scriptures, the preaching of God's word, community, looking at his creation, interacting with, for me, my kids, um, just, I was recognizing in my heart this past weekend, like, man, I'm not being very patient right now. Um, need to be patient. So it's the spirit who, who sanctifies, grows us, um, helps mature us as believers. One author who will go unnamed for fear of over mentioning this guy in one particular book that shall also go unnamed because it will give away who the author is. Um, he talks about good infection, which is such a brilliant way of, of describing this. Um, you know, the, the downside to the analogy is it depersonalizes the, the spirit and the spirit is a person. It is the third person of the Trinity. But it's, uh, he says it's like as we draw near to Jesus, we catch his infection um, we kept his spirit indwells us and, and he, he, we, we, as we imbibe in, in Jesus, we, we kind of get his, his virtues and we grow in his likeness. 
Um, and I, and I love just the imagery of, uh, yeah, we're familiar with bad infection. We're familiar with viruses and stomach bugs and, and other things that shall also go unnamed. Um, but there's something really, I think, clever about saying it's like this kind of viral, um, influence that Jesus has on us by his spirit as we position ourselves near to him and as we pursue those virtues. Mm, that's really, that's really helpful. You know, I'm, I'm encouraged by the, the Holy Spirit unifying. Um, I mean, I think that was a picture of in Acts 2, um, kind of reversing or redeeming Babel where Babel is one language, one people, and then totally confused, totally dispersed. In Acts 2, we see this kind of unity, this understanding that mm. is maybe a foretaste of, of what is to come. Um, I think the Spirit is the one who really like teaches us, incites worship. I mean, all of us have experienced moments in time, maybe one of these podcasts, maybe a conversation totally random on the porch late at night with a friend, with a spouse, with a child, Maybe one of those services, um, one of the songs, you know, whatever it is, the Lord has worked through small moments. A lot of times, you know, I think about our services week after week. We're trying to build habits. We're trying to um, kind of have our liturgy almost indwell us, like help us remind ourselves of the gospel. But we also recognize there's just, there's 52 Sundays in a year. And, you know, one, two, five, seven Sundays, I had a pastor say to me, like, we had, we had church that mm. Sunday. And it's like, it's not that we didn't have church all the other Sundays and it might not even, it might've just been for him, like mm. something the spirit may have worked in a mighty way in him mm. in that unique day for whatever reason. Um, but the spirit just works and creates worship and changes us and grows our love at different times in different ways, in different moments and times we're not expecting. Um, this just helpful. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I, that's a really good point to make that the spirit moves as the spirit desires to move. Um, there's, uh, Jesus tells Nicodemus as much. He's like the, the spirit is like, do you, do you command the wind? It's like the spirit, the spirit moves as the spirit wills. And so there's, you, you might have like a, a quiet moment reading scripture and it's, it feels completely flat. Maybe, maybe you have 10 in a row, but then there's one that's just incredibly rich and worshipful. And the Lord opens your heart and opens your, your mind, you know, opens your eyes to see Christ, whatever. Um, the, the, the Spirit kind of does what the Spirit wants to do. Mm. Um, and so the uh, helpful metaphor that we've used is like, it's kind of the metaphor of a, um, of a sailboat. Like we, we want to we, we wanna always be rowing. We, we always want to be kind of going somewhere, like through our disciplines, through our consistency, through regular attendance in worship, through regular attendance at community group, through regularly reading our Bible, regularly praying, just row, 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 and and row trusting that the wind will blow, that the Spirit will move, and the Spirit will use these things in us to change us, to renew us, to incite worship within us. Yeah, that's really that's really helpful. We want to uh, even allow the Lord, um, allow the Spirit to work th- through those things. And, mm. that, and I, so it's just, for me, trying to grow... Um, Casey and I were especially challenged going to um, when we lived in Kenya in 2017 to 2019 just a more kind of spiritual culture um, a more um, just kind of open to those things by nature so I mean the way I would summarize it is the most kind of conservative traditional you know kind of Bible loving you know for lack of a better way to describe it like Baptist Church in Kenya is going to have a Pentecostal feel to it, to a 
by our we- standards. A Western yeah. uh, American, you know, that lives in Greer. Um, just because of the, somewhat the, the nature and, and the culture. So Casey and I were challenged to think through a lot of these things. And it's like that that is a way the spirit works, kind of, you know, inciting worship and all of the sort, but also just the spirit is just doing so much all the time to grow us, to sanctify us. And I love kind of the the last one I would conclude with, which was from your passage um, a couple weeks ago, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And yes, this is specifically to these kind of sets of disciples right at the beginning, but I think there's kind of application for, for going forward. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Um, and even the way the Spirit works, I brought this passage up to Casey, and she was doing a Bible study on it, and the Spirit worked by saying, you know, we we, t- we think about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, end of the earth as kind of concentric circles, kind of your center core, a little bit further out, a little bit further out. She had helpfully noted in, in the Bible study she was doing that um, it's also kind of representative of, of people who, um, you know, kind of almost like hate Christians to a certain extent. Like mm. in, in Jerusalem, the the Christian movement was not one that was attracted by the least. And then think about in all Judea and Samaria, like Samaritans are um, really the least of these um, in Jewish mindset. And obviously Christianity coming directly the out mud of bloods, Jewish mindset. Yep. Yeah, the mud bloods, exactly. And then to the end of end of the earth, kind of like all of these people that are kind of unnamed, that Gentiles that that are unpure, that we don't like. That's where the gospel is going, mm. and 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 we're being sent. And it's like, man, that's really helpful. Um, you know, maybe that's the right interpretation. Maybe the concentric yeah, circles. Maybe it's kind of all of it. But the spirit just works in moments. I remember conversations from 2014 when I was being discipled by Dan Carroll. Um, and it's like, he probably doesn't remember the conversation at all. No one else knows about the conversation at all, but just helpful little tidbits of the Spirit has worked and then hopefully empowered my witness to, to go and make disciples. Mm. Um, so I'm just humbled by all the Spirit does mm. all of the time. Right on. And whatever, you know, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, but in terms of the charismatic gifts, I think it's also worth saying, and I think I think the elders would hardly get behind this, whatever the Spirit does, and we're... we're Cautiously continuationist, I guess you could say. Whatever the Spirit does, want access to it and pray for it and lean into it. You know, whatever it is the Spirit does, however the Spirit gifts, like lean into it and pray that the Spirit would move, pray that the Spirit would work. Um, pursue it. Pursue the, pursue these things. Run after these things and, and ask the Spirit to be present and active in your life. That's right. And be open to the conviction of, of the Spirit. Um, you know, even one for myself is just exuding joy in kind of all moments, like I, have, I know I have a level of kind of seriousness or, you know, whatever about me. And so it's a way for me to pray is to be sure that in kind of any and all situations, I'm exuding joy um, because I'm experiencing joy in my heart and really love. I was telling somebody yesterday, like I love li- pretty much everything I get to do. It's just a, a gift from the Lord. I am so joyful. Yeah. Aaron says, I love joy. I am the joyfulest. Um, but it's like exude joy and granted, you know, whatever personalities differ, but just I'm yeah. know, praying for the Spirit to help be sure people know that I'm, I'm joyful or praying for the Spirit to help me grow in patience, kindness, mm. humility, um, while also trying to seek to do those things, put myself in humble places, you know, let Trevor critique me or my wife or, you know, whoever to help humble me. And the Spirit uses that, but also praying for those things to grow as well. That's great. Excellent. 
Thank you for your time, Aaron. Jonathan, thank you for... Uh, Jonathan is in here just as a fly on the wall uh, as our producer. So thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Guys, thanks for being here. Talk to you next time. Yeah.